Good morning. Yeah, well, isn't she wonderful? I'm telling you, she does a phenomenal job every week, and we're so thankful. Listen, just a couple of things to bring to your attention before we uh, begin today, and those are on the on your bulletin. You will see that there are things that we need to uh, take care of out in the vestibule. There's the Life Change University, which starts this week. Starts this week. So if you would be so kind as to sign up in those things they are pastor ken asked me to make sure that i said something about this i'm going to say at the beginning of the service and then we'll move on into worship um praying the bible this is the same class they taught last time so if you were not in that class you probably want to come and be a part of that that's a great class pray same won't you just come on down and join me here um and then connecting time to stop time to reflect time to reconnect this is developing a quiet time your personal time alone with the lord and mark brown will be teaching that class missions chris landrum he will be teaching that class the power in jesus names and throughout the bible you see all kind of things for that jesus is called and the ladies will be exploring those in this study Authentic worship, and uh, that's my class, and authentic worship is this. What is worship? And what are the essential elements of worship? And is worship only what we do on Sunday morning? I think not. Corporate worship should be an outflow or an overflow of our personal worship time with the Lord throughout the week. Worship doesn't happen unless people have worshiped on Sunday morning, unless people have worshiped. Now, that doesn't say that music can't happen. That doesn't say that the church service doesn't happen. But worship happens when people have worshiped in the week. We're going to one. I think my mic is giving me grief. Uh, PS 101, um, Joey, our new members class, and he always does a good job with that. And then we have children's and youth activities also. So don't forget that and most importantly the mills start again this wednesday and there's a sign-up sheet out there i think it's the very first one is to the left so if you don't sign up for every anything else you need to sign up for food so they'll know how many to prepare for now let's stand together and let's join our hearts together in worship today Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, and knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, and pardon there was multiplied to me. Truth 
salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty rope that God dispensed. Before we sing this last song, if Pastor Ken had have been here, which he's on his way, I think, back at this time from his vacation, then he would have said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put on the biggest smile that you have. I want you to turn around and greet three or four people that are around you and tell them how glad you are that they're here today. So as our musicians play another verse, would you do that? And then we'll sing together on the last verse.
so thankful today that mercy there was great and grace was free at Calvary. Lord, we're thankful, but because of Calvary that you are our living hope. Lord, we're ever so thankful that you turn graves into gardens and that there is nothing, nothing better than you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us and meeting with us. In Jesus' name.
morning. So good to see everybody here. I guess you notice I am not Ken, right? Amen. <laughs> you still got your mic. <laughs> I'm honored to be able to be able to stand here today to be able to bring the Word of God to you. And my prayer is that Christ would hide me behind His cross and that Jesus will be high and lifted up today. And I encourage you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Philippians 3. We're going to look at a, a few verses uh, this is uh, while you're turning there, and I want you to turn there, and I want you to stay there. If you stay in chapter 3, we're going to be revisiting it over and over. So after I read it, don't think it's over. Stay, keep your Bibles open throughout this whole process. But uh, this is one of my favorite weekends of the whole year. Um, this is uh, the beginning. You, you can tell it's starting to become fall a little bit. Uh, as I was cutting grass, I saw a lot of dead leaves already in my backyard and front yard and but that's not but fall comes football and with football comes my brothers and I going out and uh, started Friday night uh, I felt like a Burns rebel I went to Pizza Inn I ate at Pizza Inn I don't eat at Pizza Inn a lot now but I get I got to eat at Pizza Inn some of you love its pizza some of you not so much but I love it I love it I love the whole atmosphere of Pizza Inn but then I left there and went to the Burns Rebels football game and watched them um, play Greenville. I, I think they're the Red Raiders. I don't know what makes, I've never seen a Red Raider. I've seen some Raiders, but not Red Raiders, but that's a whole other story. But had a great time there. Got to sit there and enjoy the atmosphere of Burns. Got to enjoy the band. Uh, my daughter played in the Rebel Regiment for about four or five years. And um, she taught me and, and encouraged me to appreciate all the dedication and hard work. It goes on. And the band actually played. Uh, the whole band was, the regiment was there. I, I, sometime, I, I'd heard, I hadn't been to a game recently, that part of the band would come to the play. And they had like a pep band. But this was the whole band. They, and they filled up that whole field and had a, just a great time with them. And, and, and then the weekend just continued on, and, uh, and it ends tomorrow night when a good football team plays, and we'll just leave it at that. 
and uh, I'm looking forward to that also. And so, but I am thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Um, this morning, as I was coming here, I, I, I was on 417 heading this direction. And I saw this car, convertible, little, little purplish-looking car. And there was a couple, and they were sitting in there. And, and uh, sometimes you'll say, if you're going somewhere... And, and you see somebody else going in another direction in a, in a convertible. He said, boy, I wish I was them. You know what I mean? Boy, I wish I was. I didn't have that. Th- I said, I'm so glad I'm not them. Because I don't believe they were going into the house of the Lord. They were just going to go right around, I think. I don't know. I was glad to be able to come into the house of the Lord today. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with you because as two or three are gathered in God's name, guess what happens? He's here. He's here. He's here with us always, right? If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've received his Holy Spirit. You carry him everywhere you go. He's with you, and I'm so thankful for that. But there's something special about gathering together in the name of Jesus Christ and experience the power of his presence together as his family. So I'm happy to be here. And as we look at this passage of Scripture today, we're going to begin reading in Philippians 3, beginning with verse 12. Notice what Paul says here. This, is a, this will blow your mind, because or if it doesn't blow it when I read it, I will hopefully blow your mind as we go through it. It says, Not that I have already obtained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I just want to stop there. That little, those little words up there, uh, I, I, I re- I've read through that a thousand times as I was studying this passage of Scripture. But laid hold of me. Think about that just for a second. God laid hold of you. That you're in God's hands. I love that. I love, I love how Paul describes God and me being in his hands and him being in the God's hands. But he goes on to say, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, I'm so thankful, Lord, that you're God. And I'm so thankful, Father, that we have this opportunity today, Lord, to learn from your word how to succeed in life, to be successful, Father, to, to learn from you, Father, and to learn from your Holy Spirit as he, as he leads and guides us through our daily lives. And, Father, I'm so thankful, Lord, that you give us power and strength to fulfill this passage of Scripture today. Father, we need your help. On a daily basis, we need your presence. We need your power. We need your strength. And Father, I'm just so thankful, Lord, that you give us success as we look to you, as we place our faith and trust in you. Father, I just pray, Father, for those that are here with us today. And my my prayer and my desire is that, Father, that you'll speak to each and every one of our hearts today. That, Father, that you'd push aside anything that might hinder us from truly focusing on you and your love and your word. And, Father, I just pray that you will put a desire in our hearts 
to be obedient to what you command us to do here today. And may we go out glowing in the knowing that we've been in your presence. And, and Father, that we'll go out in your power and your strength. We pray this prayer in the most precious name, the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I believe all of us want to be successful. I don't think any of us want to fail. But I'm here to tell you we all fail, but we all can be successful. And there's different ways of success. Last Friday, this past Friday night, I sat there and watched kids who were striving to be successful, some playing the game of football, some playing in the band, trying to make sure they're at the right place at the right time and playing the right note. They were all trying to be successful. And I believe that's what we all strive to do, is to be successful. As a Christian, I believe this is the pattern and this is the strategy that God gives us to be successful as not only in life, but as a Christian. And I believe a lot of us are failing today because we're not putting these words into practice. And I want us to learn from this because uh, God wants us to be successful. And Paul, you know, except for Jesus Christ himself, I'll be honest with you, except for Jesus, Paul is the one I've learned how to be successful from, for being a born-again believer. He wrote most of the New Testament. He's given us some great instructions. And, he is, and here he has given us instructions here on how to be successful. And notice what he says here. He says in verse 12, Not that I have already obtained. Okay? What's amazing about those words right there is that Paul, he's nearing the end of his life. And he's telling us he hasn't arrived yet. First thing I think we need to learn to be successful is to face our shortcomings. Some of us, and I say to the young and to the old, we're not all that. We haven't arrived. God is still working on us. We've all failed. Amen? We all need a Savior. You're not perfect, nor should you ever... Nor nor have you ever been perfect. Some of us have been built up by our society, by people in our lives, and they pump us up, and they pump us up, and they prepare, they want to, they, they, they lie to us, and they tell us we're successful when we're not successful. I, I feel sorry for some kids today because parents have built them up so much that when they do fail, they don't understand how to fail. It destroys them. It literally destroys them. I've always been a realist with myself and with my kids. I always try to keep a balance with my kids. I always wanted them to be successful, but I also wanted them to be honest. There's things that we need to work on, amen? There's some things in your life right now that God's working on, amen? Amen. I'll say amen to that. God's working on me. But we got to face those things because if we don't, then they, that will hinder us from being successful. We need to understand to be a successful Christian that we never stop growing. If you think you've already arrived, guess what you'll do? You'll quit. You'll sit in your house. You'll sit in that lazy boy. And you'll just give up. There's no more mountains to climb. 
There's no more goals to reach. Do you, this man's about to be put to death. He's near, near the end of his life, and he's still hungry to grow in the presence of God. And he was saying here, and he says, Never, not that I've already obtained or am already perfected. But you know what he does? He presses on. But we must have a realistic view of ourselves. We must come to the understanding that we that God is still working on us and that we need to keep working on ourselves. I preach this message with the understanding that we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and to strengthen us and to empower us to do these things that I'm speaking of today. If you try to do this on your own, you'll fail. You need God's help. You need God's help to face yourself and, and, and become realistic. I like uh, be realistic to yourself. Proverbs 28, 13 says it this way. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Folks, we need to be honest with ourselves. You need to be honest with yourself. Face your shortcomings and realize that you're a work in progress. That's the first thing. To be successful, be, be honest. Second thing. You need to let go of your past. Have you ever met somebody that lives in their past? They're out there, right? Have you ever talked to somebody and the only thing they want to talk about is high school? I loved high school. I didn't go to Burns, though. I went to Spartan High. I'm just going to be honest with you. Be realistic. And I loved going to Spartan High. I had Scott and I have... All Vikings down here. I'm sorry if y'all that offends anybody. But we had a great high school. I had some great times in high school. Had a lot of fun. Uh, learned a lot. But boy, I don't want to go back. Even if I went back to my school, it's now called McCracken Junior High School. They've actually moved it to Main Street, to 29. Do I want to live in the past? If you're living in the past, I'm going to tell you to catch up. You don't need to live in the past any longer. Notice what, if you want to be successful, you can't live in the past. It's, it just doesn't work that way. Many of us dwell on the past, and not only that, we, we replay the bad stuff a lot of times. A lot of times we'll replay bad stuff over and over and over again, and sometimes that will beat us down. Paul tells us in verse 13, one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind me, forgetting. We need to learn to forget the past. Some of us need to just forget all last week, amen? Because if you don't forget these things, guess what happens? It's like you're carrying a weight on your shoulders. You're just carrying it with you. If there's some, A lot of times we'll play mind games with ourselves and we'll allow the bad things to hinder us from doing what God has us to do today. And, that, and that's one thing, that reason you need to forget yesterday because God has something for you today. I love this passage. Today is the day the Lord hath made. What should we do? Rejoice and be glad in what? Today, not yesterday. We can't change yesterday, right? Yesterday is past. Good or bad, you got you to move on. And, and the thing about it is there's things that 
we need to deal with in the past, and one of those is our failures. A lot of us like to carry our failures around with us, right? And we, we allow our failures to hinder us from being successful today. Just because you failed yesterday doesn't mean you need to fail today. Today is a new day. But a lot of, them is, a lot of us like Eeyore, we just walk around just so depressed because of the, if you just knew the life I've been through, if you just knew the agony and the pain, you heard people talk like that before? They're just weighted down by their past. They haven't dealt with their past. You know what the Bible says? If you confess your sins, he's what? Faithful and just to do what to your sins? Forgive you. You know that's written to born-again believers, right? We need to learn to confess our sins. Not only do we need to learn to confess our sins, not only does God forgive us of our sins, he does what to our sins? Forgets them. He has amnesia. He just forgets it. He, he chooses. Could he remember all our sins? Yes, he could. He chooses to forget our sins. Then why do you keep remembering your sins? If God has forgotten your sins, why do you carry your sins? Do you know when Jesus died on the cross, he died for your, say, your sins? And if he died and he paid for your sins, why do you have to carry him around with you? So many of us today are not successful as born-again believers because we keep living in the past of our failures. And we do not allow us ourselves to be successful today because of our past failures. Here's a good lesson to learn. Learn from your failures. Learn from your past. And press on. I was talking to the youth about this earlier, and I said, you know, we need to take the emotion out of our failures. A lot of times when we fail, what, would, what do we do? Our emotions take over. A lot of times we'll cry because we failed. And, and we get so wrapped up in that failure, and we won't let it go. And it's time, Paul is telling us, if you want to be successful, if you want to be what God wants you to be, learn to forget your past. Learn to forget your failures, but learn from them. Take those failures and put them into, make sure that makes you a better person. The second thing you need to deal with is your successes. A lot of, our, a lot of people have been successful, aren't we? That was, but that's yesterday. What happens if you, if you hold on to your success, it will pump you up. Have you ever seen a uh, school that won the uh, championship 50 years ago and they haven't won it since? They always go back to that one 50 years ago and they don't think about what they are today. What happened was they got so wrapped up in the past that they are not really focused on the present and so they're not very successful now. They're still living off their We need to take these successes as we do with the <laughs> churches do this too, guys. The good old days. Y'all remember the good old days? Do y'all know the good old days weren't that good? If you're, if you're real about it. 
I mean, I remember when this place was packed out. I can remember back whenever this church had a lot of, uh, when we, we were in the small sanctuary, uh, other sanctuary that we just came out of, and we used to have dual two services and stuff like that and, and all that kind of stuff. Was those the good old days? No, they were days. There were some good and there were some bad back then. It wasn't just good. See what you do whenever you, your, mem- your memory plays tricks on you. If you don't learn from that, one thing we learned was that we really didn't like dual services. <laughs> we didn't. I don't know if you all understand that. I knew the leadership didn't enjoy them because we felt like we had two churches. Okay? That's one thing y'all learned. I know that. I wrote it down. You know why I wrote it down? So I could learn from our successes. You got to learn from your successes, but you don't live in those successes because if you if you continue to just depend on those successes in the past, you'll become complacent, you'll become prideful, and you will you'll set yourself up for what? Failure. Quit living in the past. Paul is telling us as individuals, as Christians, even if you've been successful yesterday, that doesn't mean you're going to be successful today. It does give you some encouragement if you can learn from that and move on with it and allow God to use you in a powerful way. But those are two things that we need to focus on. Jesus said it this way, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. God wants us to look forward. He doesn't want us to look backwards. He wants us to focus on what? Today and the future. I noticed here, if you notice in this passage of Scripture, look at verse 13 and 14. He says this, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I do what? I press toward the what? The goal. Paul was goal-oriented. What was his goal? Pleasing Jesus. Pleasing God. The Bible says it this way. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. You know one thing I've noticed about racing? Is that you, to, to run a successful race, you've got to keep looking ahead. I saw two races two few weekends ago. They were having some world championship thing. I didn't know it was taking place. I was surfing the channels and ran up on, on them running these races. Two races I saw where they were, one was a relay race and another one was a, uh, uh, it, was, it was actually a 10K. And, and I, I, let me just tell you about the 10K one. This, this lady, I, I forgot what co- uh, country she was from, but she sandbagged. She, she got way behind everybody, and she just let everybody run and run, and she just stayed back and back. And everybody thought maybe she just she, she was going to run in a lot of races. She's the world's renowned. She should run this thing, they thought. And so, but then, a few laps left in the race, here she comes, and she just blazes ahead of everybody. What she didn't expect was that was one went with her. She thought she would just out let them run themselves out, and she just was going to blaze by them and win the race. But one of them, and that one 
stayed on her, on her hip, and she couldn't handle it. And this is what she's doing. She's running this way. She kept doing this. She kept looking backwards. And you know what she finally did? She fell within feet of the, the, uh, the line, the finish line. The one that did the uh, relay race, when she fell, she dropped the baton over the line and she lost the race. She came in third because she kept looking backwards. Paul is telling us if we're going to be successful, we've got to focus on today. We've got to notice that today is the day the Lord hath made. This is the day we rejoice and we realize that God's got a, a, a special plan and we are striving for a goal. We might not reach our goal today, but we're going to strive toward that goal. I hope your goals are bigger than just a day. Some people say it's the journey that's more important, and I say amen to that. What are you striving for? I'm striving to be Christ-like. I'm striving, and guess what? I know this. I, I know this for a fact. I will not arrive until Jesus shows up. But I'm not, I, that doesn't defeat the purpose of continually striving to be more Christ-like. I want to be what I say I am, is that, and I say I'm a Christian, right? When people say, are you a Christian, do you say yes? Does that mean, you know what that means? You're saying I'm Christ-like. I don't want to lie to people. I want them to know that I'm striving to be like Jesus Christ. Yes, do I fail? Yes, I fall. fail. But do I focus on my failures? I learn from my failures. I learn from my successes. But I keep moving on because today is the only day I have. And today is the day I need to live for Jesus Christ. I need to strive for that. And, and the last thing I want you to notice here is that, folks, you've got to fight. Look at verse 14. Paul says, as if he's beating his breast, he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It takes more than just talking about it or thinking about it. You've got to put action to your words, and you've got to press on, and you've got to push like a hunter pursues a prey. Folks, you need to understand that successful people in life are just ordinary people with extraordinary determination that has God's power behind them. They don't know how to quit, and they, don't, they just keep on keeping on. And I say this message knowing there's some out here who want to quit today. You know how I know that? Because life's hard. It doesn't always go your way, does it? You know, people get sick. People die. The plans you have for yourself may not be God's plan for yourself. I'm here to tell you guys, God's plan is better than your plan. The secret is to be a part of God's plan and be obedient what God has for you. I love this passage of Scripture that Paul says because at the, he was writing to, sec, to Timothy in 2 Timothy. He's writing, this is one of the last books he, he wrote. He says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. This is the best part. I have kept the 
Life's hard, right? It doesn't always go our way. Sometimes Burns loses. Sometimes South Carolina loses. Sometimes Clemson loses. Sometimes even North Carolina loses. But you know what? When we get knocked down, what does God expect us to do? Get back up. He will help you, amen? He promises, I will never what? Or forsake you. Amen? Don't give up on God. Do you know why? He's not going to give up on you. I don't know about you, but that does my heart good. To know that the Creator God is not going to give up on me. He knows my failures. He knows my successes. And He wants those to help me be the person I need to be for the upbuilding of His kingdom in my life and in this world. And my prayer today and my question to you today is, are you allowing your past to destroy the success that God expects for you to have today and for the future? Have you got your eyes off of Jesus Christ and your focus more on on what you've done in the past and what you should have done, what you could have done, what you, you just fill in the blank? And you've taken your eyes off Jesus. This is what I encourage you to do. I want you to come to this altar during our invitation. And I want you to give God your failures. I want you to give God your past. Your past failures, your past successes. Say, God, teach me what I need to know. Help me to be a success today. You know, when people see us out in this world, who should we remind them of? Shouldn't we remind them of Jesus? Shouldn't they experience God's love, God's forgiveness, His kindness, His joy, His peace by coming into your presence? When you go to work, you should bring Jesus with you into that workplace. You can't do that looking backwards, guys. Do you know who owns the past? Satan does. Do you know when you're reminded of all those negative things? God's forgotten about them. Who remembered them, though? Satan does. When, he rem- when you are reminded of that, know that Satan's talking to you. Do you really want to listen to him? Do you want Him to influence you today in a negative way? No, listen to Jesus. He says you're more than a conqueror. You're a success. You've been forgiven. And you're a child of the King. You're one of His. Can we just have music today, Scott? Can I give you a break? Do you mind just starting to play? Do you mind just play play something? Okay? What I want from you, though, is I want y'all to stand up. Let's all stand together at this time. And I I want us to pray. As this message has been spoken, God has been 
dealing with some of you about your past. Maybe it's your failures. Maybe it's your successes. I pray that you come and give those to God today at this altar. I'll be down here if someone wants to come and, and talk, uh, talk. Hey, if you want to talk salvation, I'd love to point you to Jesus Christ today. I'd love to be able to share Jesus with you today. And, and I, but if you need prayer, I'm here for that also. But let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'm going to pray first, and then I'm going to ask you to play, and we'll start our invitation. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you for Paul. I thank you, Father, for his failures, and I thank you for his successes. And I thank you, Father, that none of them hindered him from pressing on, from being successful. Father, he was one who never gave up. He was always learning. He was always striving to be more like you. And I praise you for that. And Lord, that's what I want to be. Lord, one day I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, like he did. And Father, that is my goal. That is my desire, Lord, is to be able to, to bow before you, knowing, Lord, that one day that I'll be in your presence and I'll feel your love and your holiness and your presence and your power. Lord, while I'm here, help me, Father, to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Help us all, Father, to press on. Lord, we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
Sing this chorus with me. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Amen. Our hearts have been challenged here today. Thank you, Joey. You'll want to talk to him, speak to him, but I'm going to send him out. Uh, and you can take your lovely wife with you because it helps you a lot. And, and um, for those of you who are a guest, um, maybe this is the first time you've been with us, we're so happy that you're here. And Brother Joey will be out at the welcome desk, and uh, he'd love to meet you and just tell you a little bit more about our church and tell you how you can plug in and uh, those kind of things. And let us have a little record of how you've honored us today with your presence with us. We're so grateful. Are all minds clear? Are you glad you came to church today? Amen. You're dismissed.